ladies and gentlemen welcome back into the buster show podcast today we are all very lucky because we have rachel demita in on the show rachel how are you i'm doing well thank you for having me i said it before but happy belated birthday again as of recording this um thank you, you know, <laughs> i was gonna say as well you you had mentioned that uh you were just out on the boat for your birthday are you in Texas now or where are you I am in Texas now yeah <laughs> how do you like it down Texas there now. I love it you know for right now I love it um, <laughs> Why when the right pandemic now? Hit, I mean I don't know I thought I would be in LA my entire life you know because I I love LA and I did love it for that time in my life now I'm loving it here in Texas I feel like the pandemic changed a lot for me but you know, bought my first home here. Congratulations. Um, thank you. So I feel like in the last two years, I've like grown up a little bit, if that makes sense. That's and good. I don't know, I'm, I'm enjoying the space, um, enjoying a new city. I feel like Austin isn't too much of like, you know, it's still a big city. It's still hip and young and cool. So it wasn't, you know, a huge culture shock, I guess, like leaving LA. I'm not going to a super small town or anything, but, but yeah, I'm loving it right now. So we'll see what the future holds, Yeah, but Austin. I'll be back in LA a lot to visit for sure. Makes sense. Austin and Nashville were the two top locations people from New York went during the pandemic. I imagine similar for LA, but uh, Austin's oh, yeah. great. I spent two, two or three months there in the last year um when the pandemic hit I sort of did the reverse I was in New York and then decided to spend a month in a different city every month uh mm -hmm. oh cool and did Austin twice um okay. really great city uh I remember when yeah. uh well I know the real estate there has been insane too there's literally nothing left on the market so very well done and and opportune time thank you Oh, I feel like I hit it at the perfect time. And I felt really impulsive when I pulled the trigger on this house. But if I wouldn't have done it, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't have anything or the prices would have gone up. So, you know, I was, I felt crazy when I did it, but I was like, oh, here we go. And now I'm just really happy with yeah, my decision. Was, so you gotta do it. I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're able to, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. does anybody like LA though? You said you liked LA. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard anybody say that before. I feel like you just put up with LA. Who are you talking to then? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I was there for nine years. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I love the food. I'm vegan. So it's like perfect it. food city for me. Obviously, I love the weather and the nature there is beautiful. You know, and for the time I was there, I had to be there for work um, you know, all of my meetings and most of my shoots and everything were there. And then obviously COVID changed a lot of that where we're doing a lot of things remote and meetings that we would normally have in person. We're now doing via zoom and we'll see how long that lasts or if like, this is the new normal, but, um, yeah. And I was okay living in a small space. I think because I was traveling a lot and cause I had a lot of work there. Um, you know, the, the people are cool there. If you find your group in LA, you have to spend quite a bit of time there to find, you know, your people. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love it. And I, I do miss some aspects. It's not the perfect place for me at this 
stage in my life, but yeah, I don't know. That's good. So yeah. what, what are you most excited about right now? Like when I, when I say excitement, what, what are the things that come to your mind? Uh, well, I just got off a call. It's like a lot of things I'm excited about. I don't want to say them right now because they're coming soon. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just got off of another Zoom call right before this. Um, I'm launching my own brand in the fall. And so that is, it's, it's such a new journey for me. And we've been working on this since December of last year. And uh, I'm really excited about it. And it's going to start with clothing and hopefully expand beyond that into um, gear and also some like sports specific skincare. So we are developing that right now. And I'm hoping um, October probably would be launch. Um, another thing that I'm excited about that I also had a meeting about today is uh, I'm launching a custom flavor pre-workout with Genius Brand. Cool. And that's coming soon. That's coming next month. And that's something else that we've been working on since last year. But we just got the flavor perfected. And it's my favorite formula of pre-workout. It's the only one that's like worked for me without making me like super jittery or not feel well um so I guess those are two things that are maybe unexpected that people wouldn't think I'd be getting into these spaces but yeah those are two projects that I'm excited about and then a couple other things that I won't mention yet you seem very (laughs) um very entrepreneurial focus just based on the fact that two business related things are your answers (laughs) that's (laughs) I guess so yeah I mean, it's it's new for me, and I feel like I'm learning this whole process, especially launching your own brand. Like I I feel really grateful to have found a good team to work with, and they've launched other brands, and they know this space and have kind of been, you know, in the the clothing streetwear space for a long time. So I can learn from them, but it's it's a lot. But you never you never know if you can do it until you try, you know. So. The journey is fun, so like, yeah. Like anything. Um, yeah. So now, what what did you think you were going to be when you were younger? Did you think that you were going to mm-hmm. be doing launching, you know, brands around your personal brand and pre workout and and all that? Did you think you were going to be a basketball player? What did you think? You know, who did you think Rachel Demita was going to be? Um, I thought I was going to be a zoologist. <laughs> Honestly. Um, people know me personally know I love animals. I've always been obsessed with them. Like my biggest idol growing up was Steve Irwin. Um, so I guess that's kind of a cross between like a television personality and somebody who just loves animals. But I think in, in high school, that dream kind of shifted into being on television, being a TV personality. I never knew that the digital space would be what it is today. Right. So, and I mean, even in college, you know, I went to school for broadcast journalism and performing arts, but I learned like the traditional TV way to do things. So, you know, they told me I need to go to a local news market and kind of like work my way up. And that didn't sound fun to me. So I was like, I'm gonna maybe try something different. So I just moved to LA, got thrown into YouTube, got thrown into a bunch of different things. And then, you know, here we are. So 
I think I, I definitely had more of a, a clear vision of what I thought I wanted when I was younger. But as I kind of evolve in the space and get older, I realize that you never know what could come tomorrow. And so I feel like I'm ready for what those opportunities are, but I'm open to, you know, seeing how this landscape changes and then also just how my interests change. Totally. So, yeah. No, it's, it's funny because it was very similar for me and I'm a little bit younger, but uh, when I was debating whether to go to college or not, I graduated high school two years ago, uh, 28, uh, 23 years ago now, 2018. And you graduated high school in 2018. Yeah, I'm 20. Um, Holy so oh, wait, do you curse on your podcast? <laughs> you can you can say anything. It's on Holy crap. <laughs> it's on my own network, so you, you can say yeah. what you want. Um, but uh, I had to make the decision because I knew I thought I wanted to be in broadcasting, play-by-play broadcasting mostly. And mm-hmm. sort of similar to you, one of my heroes was David Attenborough, you know, who does literally every nature documentary that everybody's ever seen I don't know how he does it how he does them all they're on like different networks but he manages to and you know some of the great play-by-play broadcasts like Mike Breen and you know the way that all those guys got to the position that they're in was similarly you start broadcasting for baseball minor leagues go from single a to double a to triple a then you start doing college then you start doing major leagues but the difference is unlike professional sports there is no turnover the same guy will have the same job for 60 years and for you to get that job (laughs) they have to die (laughs) like these guys will go until they're in their 90s if they're good at it right Right. so I, i was looking at that and i was like huh doesn't really make any sense Whereas if you go sort of the more social route, which is what you're talking about for what you did too, uh, you're much better off. But I think also just like the natural shift of people wanting authenticity on social um, Mm -hmm. and the way that normal broadcasting and journalism is taught is in formalities. Um, So you have to like sort of learn this new way to not be so formal and it's it's a really interesting thing oh people used to go in on me on YouTube when I first started because I was on this show that was sponsored by Google I think back in like 2012 or 13 and that was for me just getting out of college and so I was like speaking the correct like broadcast way on this YouTube show and in the comments they're like why does she talk like that like why did she like his anger and just like giving me such a hard time and so I I feel like it was a it was a good and bad thing because I learned quickly how to be like okay I can still speak in a somewhat professional way and maybe not the same exact way I talk to my friends um but I need to loosen up a little bit you know (laughs) and so I learned really quickly that that doesn't fly on YouTube <laughs> or on any social platforms for that matter. The only place it flies is places where there are no comment sections where nobody can say anything like the news. <laughs> True. True. And and True. if it's like I, f- I feel like if if the content has anything to do with you, it can't be formal. But if it's just like delivering information, then it's a little bit more acceptable to be formal. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a really interesting thing. Um, 
yeah. That's funny that you wanted to be a zoologist though. Why have you given up on those dreams entirely or is that still a potential uh, lane that you wanna dive into in some way, <laughs> shape or form? I think I've just shifted um, how I care for animals and how I help them. Um, so in the past, probably like seven years, I've gotten really into just promoting adoption because um, I've learned so much about how many animals live in shelters. And then my cat was in shelters for over two years before I adopted her. Um, and I was volunteering a ton. I volunteered um, in LA for about four years and then in Austin as well, just specifically with the cats because I just, I'm such a cat person and I feel like I really understand them. I've studied them my whole life, have a soft spot for them. So I feel like I'm still helping animals. It's just like in my community and right. through my social networks. Um, and then as well, like when I do, when I have done merch drops or even with my brand, you know, having an element of, of giving back to different places where I feel like need it. And one of those being animal shelters or, you know, places that support that. So that's where I'm at now, but I would still love to travel and see wild animals in their natural elements. I would love to go to Africa. That's always been oh on my, my list. That would be insane. So, but yeah, so I guess just in a smaller way. <laughs> those, those safaris scare me though, because the only videos you see on social media from them are like <laughs> where the tiger's jumping on like this random tourist. Right. Or it's like they're opening the door or there's the giraffe chasing the Jeep. Yeah, I can't do that. Even yeah. though I would be that person who would be like, this is amazing. <laughs> Until the very I'd last second. I'd be like second. crying <laughs> like tears of joy. Yeah, I was like, you know, if I go out by getting attacked by a leopard or something and like that's the way I go out, it's pretty cool if you think about it. I saw on the news the other day, somebody <laughs> was swallowed by a whale. Did you oh, see wow. that news story? Yeah, he mm. was swallowed accidentally. Whales are not, uh, they don't eat humans, generally speaking. Well, uh, what kind of whale was it? I think it was a humpback. And it, the, oh, dude, <laughs> the, the, dude, the dude just got caught in its mouth when it was just, you know, casually eating some plankton at the surface of the water. And uh, he thought that he got, he got bitten by a shark and that he died. But then he realized after a few seconds, he was in the whale's mouth and then got spat back out, luckily, and survived crazy story it was like a few that's days insane ago. isn't that like in pinocchio does that happen it does i think it, it does yeah <laughs> okay. made out of a disney movie yeah wow memory unlocked <laughs> wow you really pulled that one out of the hat that was good i think of um, it. <laughs> yeah i would i would be okay with going that way from a blue it would have to be a blue whale though because they're the biggest uh animal on the planet so i I like things that are extreme. So I think that I don't mess around with the ocean. That's a scary place. Really? Yeah. You're okay with it's like, very interesting to me, but I'm I'm scared of the ocean, honestly. I feel like that's a, a phobia that you can easily get over. Eh, I don't know. Mm. I'm gonna stay here on land. See, I go on a lake once and I can't even talk two days later. So maybe I'm not meant for the water. <laughs> well, that was you said water got in your ear. That it doesn't got, have to do yeah. with like fish. <laughs> True, but I'm just saying, I'm not, I guess I'm not meant to be like submerged in water. My body does not love it. Here we are.
Maybe. I'm like, I'll stay with the land mammals. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, when I was in Austin, I think somehow I got water in my ear and I couldn't hear out of one ear for like two months. <laughs> the, oh, wow. It was the most random thing ever. <laughs> that, that's, that's one of my memories from Austin. Um, so from wanting to be a zoologist to then ending up as the 2K host, how does, how, <laughs> where is the, you played basketball, obviously, and then yes, I did. that opened up doors, I imagine, to being, and obviously going to journalism school, that opened up doors to being a 2K host. Were you into video games before that? Not really, honestly. Uh, I mean, I grew up playing video games, but I'm not an expert like they're fun but I'm not a hardcore gamer but I've always appreciated 2k I mean everybody knows about it and then if you're in the basketball space and then obviously working there came to appreciate it more my skills never got better but that's okay, okay. <laughs> I had help from all the as experts and I still suck at the game but that's okay um but no I mean my story's kind of crazy and unexpected though because Obviously I, I played basketball since I was 10 and my goal was always to get a division one scholarship. And I did, I never wanted to play in the WNBA but I wanted to play D1. And so got a full ride to Old Dominion which at the time we were ranked I think 11th or 12th in the country. And um, so it was a big D1 school but I guess kind of quickly realized and I don't know if times have changed a little bit since when I was in college but um, I really wasn't able to get the education that I wanted while still playing basketball and do the internships and different things that I wanted to do because I knew after college, I wanted to go into my career. Like I wanted, I didn't really, I guess, care how much better I got in basketball, which wasn't a great fit when you're in a <laughs> division one sport. Mm -hmm. So um, I left after my first season which probably to this day was the hardest decision I've ever made in my life was stepping away from basketball. And when I did step away, um, it was very heartbreaking to me because I felt like I lost my identity in a way. Um, so I was like refinding myself. But for about four years after I quit, I did not touch a basketball. I couldn't watch basketball games. I had to almost do like this clean break. And so I went really hard into school. Um, got a great education at American University, had a lot of internships, was working a lot and kind of went into the entertainment space more so. And then I don't know what triggered it, but it was like a few years down the line, I got the itch to just shoot a basketball again. And like I said, it had been a solid three and a half, four years since I had touched a ball. And I went to this gym alone. It was the gym at my apartment complex and just shot around and I could still shoot. I was like, oh, not as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> and then from there, there was like this Nike skills challenge in LA, basketball skills challenge. And I decided to enter it for whatever reason. And I ended up winning. And then from there, got to do a lot of stuff with Nike. And then that kind of opened the doors to me doing stuff with like Balls Life and Adidas. Cause people were like, oh, who's this like, girl who can play basketball and knows the game really well and is also a host and so I was doing my own YouTube channel at the time and then 2k kind of I guess saw my work somehow and reached out and was like hey we have this crazy idea to put a tv show in the game <laughs> like okay <laughs> sure 
and then you know I auditioned a couple times and ended up getting the job and then yeah I'm sorry I feel like my voice is cracking so much but you can understand why okay to me it sounds like it but um so yeah so that's that story I could have never and, and that's why I say I always keep my options and opportunities open because who knew that that would ever happen an opportunity like that would ever come up you can't you know think about that when you're in college like oh I bet you this video game is going to make a tv show I'd be perfect for that especially uh, stuff that doesn't exist you know right like right 80 percent of the stuff that people are going to be watching in five years don't exist right now right so but yeah, I feel obviously like extremely grateful for that opportunity and it was life-changing um, and it was a great stepping stone for me and I learned a lot and yeah. You, you know where I think I first saw you and it, it's an interesting connection to this person, but I saw you in a Casey Neistat video. And, oh yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because Casey was one of the first people that inspired me not to go to college. So I was like, huh, oh. this guy's pretty interesting. He, he's an example of somebody who also is super ahead of the curve on, you know, social media and platforms and applying a professional career to a digital career. Mm. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's just randomly where I first saw you, but that's super cool to hear that story. Was it? So was it Casey's video where we were building a basketball hoop or we did so. the Christmas video? I think it was the first one. The yeah. basketball hoop? Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was. I almost missed my flight because of that video. Really? Took a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was in New York and, and at 368, right? Yeah, yep. he wanted to build a basketball hoop. Proved to be a bit more difficult than we thought it was going to be, but that's what made the video fun doesn't so, sound that complicated in theory, but I guess it is. I've never tried, so I wouldn't know. Well, I think we ended up like hanging it on the wall, but then also obviously when you're shooting, you need a little bit of space like between the ceiling and those types of things. And I don't know. It was really fun though. But yeah, no, Casey's awesome. I feel... <clears throat> I forget if he reached out to me or I reached out to him, but I had always been a fan of his videos and just even the way that he carries himself because he's one of those creators that doesn't, I mean, I even act like an influencer creator sometimes, right? Do the cookie cutter things that I know will work. He's always just like been genuinely himself and people gravitate towards it. And he's just super creative on top of that, you know? So yeah, I've always really respected his work. Totally. Super authentic dude. Mm -hmm. um, he loves the ocean. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he came to gymnastics with me once as well in LA because he used to have a standing back talk. He's like, I want to tumble again. So him and Candace came. She wasn't a huge fan of, of gymnastics class, but, <laughs> but we had a good time. <laughs> I was looking, I was looking at your Twitter before we did this and I saw you learned how to do a backflip. Is that true? So I learned how to do a standing back tuck. I've been able to tumble and do like round off back handspring back tuck, round off back tuck, round off layout. 
a lot of things, but standing for me has been a really hard skill to learn and it's been a huge mental block. So yes, I finally got it last week. Is it all mental? Like if I'm in like uh, fine athletic shape and I want to learn how to do a backflip, is it possible? Is it mostly mental? What, what do you think? No, it's a lot of technique. I think that people don't realize. And I did gymnastics when I was young for a couple of years before I played basketball. So I had like the tiniest bit of muscle memory when it came to tumbling. So if you watch those videos, like I'm not scared at all for some reason, even though those tricks seem harder than just a standing back tuck. Yeah, standing back tuck, there's just a technique. And then I don't know. What's the difference between you could a, back, definitely... a back tuck and a back flip? Um, I guess back tuck is just more like a gymnastics term. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. So yeah. a back tuck is when you tuck, <laughs> like you, you back flip, but you bring your knees into like a tuck position. There's different types of back flips. Like a layout is you do a back flip, but your body's kind of in a straight line. A back pike is a back flip, but your legs are straight and you're like folded over. I don't know. I love gymnastics. So <laughs> yeah, gymnastics are great. Got the but... summer Olympics coming up too. Whew. Yes. Gonna be I'm everywhere. excited for that. I, I have I'm to imagine that, that after the summer Olympics every for this year, five years, um, the interest in learning how to do gymnastics from normal people spikes like crazy. <laughs> That's something else though, honestly, that I miss about Los Angeles is there were so many different gyms that I could go to that offered like adult gymnastics classes or adult open gym. And in Texas, I'm just finding a hard time finding those gyms. But it seemed like a Texas thing. Well, it gymnastics, is a Texas thing for, for kids competing. Like it's a huge gymnastic state, but I feel like in LA there it's more so because there's a lot of like stunt people and people who need gymnastic skills, like for their work, not as much here, I guess. That makes sense. But yeah. <laughs> um, if you could collaborate with anybody uh, from human history on a content piece, who would you want to collaborate with? Oh my gosh, on a content piece? And what would you want to do with them? You can pick anybody going historically back 2000 years. I could pick anybody. Oh my gosh, could we say Steve Irwin? Geez, yeah, that would be course. really fun. Of course. Honestly, even his daughter, like I follow Bindi on social media, like I still follow his whole family their energy is just so contagious. So I feel like that's one that would be really, really, really fun for me. I feel like probably a lot of people would say this, but Will Smith would also be fun. He like picked it up quick. Social Will media? Smith was not on social. And now he's just like making the coolest, funniest videos he has and a, just took he has over, a, you he know? Has a, he has a team around him. <laughs> Still, but yeah, like <laughs> YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, come on. Um, yeah, those would be two that I would, that would be really fun. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I like looked up to even when I was younger. I've seen Steve Irwin's son on when he, he'll go on like Jimmy Kimmel and show off animals. Yeah. I, I've watched those before. Pretty, pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Super fun. 
trying to think of somebody even like in the basketball space that would be I mean I I've worked with some incredible basketball players and even like legends so even like I've done multiple videos with Shaq so even to like say that I've done that is kind of cool we used to do did you ever see <laughs> the videos that we used to do where I would slap him in the head I have not it's seen a, that we've done we it a couple times slap Shaq in the head so he made me so I think the first time we were filming something with 2k and I wanted to do like a funny something I was like what video could we do like something funny he's like slapped me across the face I'm like I can't do that like I physically cannot slap you across the face so like okay well like slap the back of my head I'll act like I'm sleeping and you know just like slap me I'm like okay I felt so bad doing it but we kind of like staged it and like hit him on top of the head or whatever and then he woke up and he's a great actor and then we did it another time at um he coaches a celebrity basketball game that I play in every year. We didn't have it the past two years because of COVID, but they actually rescheduled it for this year in September, I believe. And we're having it in Atlanta this year, but nice. he's always my coach. And so one year I like ran back and slapped him on the back of the head and there were fans even like filming while we did it. And people were like, oh my God. And I got so much shit because people were like, why did you slap Really? Him? Yeah, and and it's so playful, but obviously we make it. I guess I just told our secret, but yeah, we <laughs> haven't made funny. one of those videos. Maybe we'll have to do it again this year. <laughs> I that that's the first I've heard of that. I have personally not yet slapped Shaq in the in the head, but <laughs> it's better than slap. I I was like, I cannot slap you across the face. Like I that no, I can't do that. He's like, just do it. Come on. And I like tapped his cheek. He's like, no, 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 slap me. <laughs> Talk about a guy who has mastered uh, personal branding and being able to oh turn God. that into an entrepreneurial empire. I mean, there's nobody, I mean, like him, Magic Johnson and Jordan are like the gold standards in terms of retired NBA guys who have been able to yeah. leverage their, you know, fame for entrepreneurial legacy oh yeah yeah um magic was really cool when I met him as well like just the sweetest guy and he met my parents too that's and nice they were like super excited yeah he was at one of the games that I played in I mean we can't say that without talking about Kobe as well um just and even just knowing how much he had on the horizon before he passed is like yeah well he had he had one of the best deals that any athlete has ever done he put oh yeah I don't remember I think it was five million into body armor at the very beginning um and my my buddy Darren Ravel who's been on the show too we he was the one who introduced Kobe to body armor and Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was a five percent. I don't remember what the equity stake was, but it turned out to be worth half a billion dollars, and that was right. something that he did within three years of being retired. Right. Right. I mean, he would have been. I mean, who who knows? But he would have probably, knowing knowing the way that he did everything else, he would have been the best as far as being a post career athlete entrepreneur. Um, yeah. 
I think LeBron's heading down a similar path too. Um, we talked about it on a on a recent episode. He bought into Fenway Sports Group, which mm-hmm. owns soccer teams, the Red Sox, and the reason that my friend, his name is Joe Pompliano, who's a sports business reporter who's on, said that LeBron bought in was to get ready for post-career when Fenway Sports Group buys an NBA team. So, mm, right. I'll see, but it makes sense. It makes it sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that, and, and going back to Kobe too, probably one of the most just like charismatic people I've ever met. Just like the energy that surrounds him, it's it's crazy. It was just insane, like just unmatched with anybody I feel like I've ever met. And just warm and like super passionate and nice. And I've obviously interviewed a ton of people, but I feel super blessed that I was able to like work with him, you know, awesome. before he passed. It still, it still kind of seems surreal to me sometimes that he's not here I don't know especially because right after COVID hit and the whole world shut down so it's like yeah <laughs> you know you blinked and we can't you survive went, without you Kobe where are you <laughs> low key low yeah. key um now anyway. if you were to if you were to go back and give your yourself some advice just starting out in the influencer slash basketball slash entrepreneurial space what what would you be telling your younger self and anybody else in that, in that position? Uh, Honestly, for myself, I would probably just remind myself to appreciate the moments that I have. Um, Because I'm one of those people who's always go, go, go. Like what's next. I could be doing better. I could be doing more. And I look back sometimes I'm like, wow, you, you're doing a great job, you know? And I don't tell myself that enough, I feel like, or yeah. So I'm just always pushing myself, but there, I mean, I've, I've done so much. I've traveled so much. I've met so many incredible people that like 99% of this world doesn't get to do. And so, I mean, that, that would be my personal advice to myself is just, you know, appreciate it because you never know what's coming next, you know, in life, in your career and, and whatever that may be. So that would be advice I give to myself. Advice that I give to others who might be just starting out is to be you. And because especially in this day and age, you, you can't get by on some sort of persona of somebody that you're not. You can only make it so far. And with the internet now, with the way that people are consuming media, they can see you straight through it. So if you are goofy, be goofy. <laughs> if you, you know, if you wear different clothes than most people, then like rock your style. And that's just something where I've never, I've never been like the coolest person. I've never spoken the most eloquently. I'm awkward sometimes, but it works. And I get to just be myself and I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. And I feel like I'm rambling, but yeah, that's the advice I would give to somebody just starting out and also just do something that you're passionate about. I've never 
been on a TV show talking about something that I didn't enjoy or I didn't understand. And I think that that's where people run into problems too. Like when they're hosting, you can see straight through it. People on different networks who are talking about sports who have maybe never played a sport or barely watch it. You're like, you don't really know what you're talking about, you know? So pick what it is that you enjoy and, and go for it. Yeah, it's also, I think, <laughs> a matter, no, those are all great answers. And I think it's also a matter of, you know, if you're not excited or passionate about the thing, you're not going to put the extra time in and you're not going to get any yeah. results from it. You know, it's Definitely. like, that's true with everything though. And that's why you got to like, even, even I think for fitness, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, you got to find those things that you enjoy doing so that you do them on the days you don't want to do them. And it's not as bad as Definitely. You know, like, if you don't like to run, you don't have to run, you know, <laughs> like you can do other yeah. things to make, keep, make sure you stay healthy, you know, do gymnastics or like play basketball. or do all that, That's always been my advice for people who want to get in shape or like, how do you stay motivated to go to the gym? It's like, I actually enjoy my workouts and I have performance goals, which I think are better than having um, just like aesthetic goals for me personally, like me being an athlete my whole life, like my goal is to get a standing back tuck. What kind of exercises do I need to do to get my standing back tuck? It has nothing to do with me making my physique look a certain way because I know at the end of the day, I'm going to be more fulfilled doing a backflip than, you know, yeah, having think, a six pack. I think physical <laughs> goals are toxic as hell, you know, like it's, I think it's dangerous because that, because that, that's social mm -hmm. media pushes that as well. It's fine if it's just you, but Right. I feel like people don't do that for them. They do it no. to appear a certain way. Whereas health is by default only for you, right? Yeah. And it just makes you happier later, more energetic. You'll get more done. And then the byproducts of being healthy are better than the byproducts of looking the way that you think you want to look so that other people think a certain way about you. It's so complicated. It makes no <laughs> sense. It makes no what sense. do you do to work out? Or what do I do? You, yeah. What do you like doing? Run, run and play basketball. Yeah. And, yeah. and lift weights. Those are, those are the three. And then, you know, random stuff like swimming in the summer here in, here in Connecticut and whenever I'm traveling. Um, yeah. Wake surfing? Do what? What now? Wake surfing. Have you tried it? <laughs> haven't done that. You know, I'm so terrified of extreme sports. I'll tell a story too. When I was in Austin, um, and this isn't even extreme sport. You know how there are birds everywhere, like the the scooters. Oh yeah. I was right. I thought you meant like flying. <laughs> no, 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 not those. <laughs> there are lots of them too, though. Um, yeah. I actually saw sea turtles in Austin. Uh, I so I was in Austin when it was snowing. Oh. That yeah. was like I was there I, for I was there for a month, and that was right in the middle. And I was like, all right, time to leave Austin. <laughs> that was miserable. I was stuck in my house for seven days. That was insane. I literally had a before and after picture on, on my Instagram of like the same location, like 95 degrees and then covered in snow. Oh and yeah. I was staying in an Airbnb slash hotel next to a supermarket. You couldn't even get food. It was the craziest apocalyptic thing ever. Oh yeah. We lost our mind. I was glad I had Daisy with me. I would just. <laughs> is that, who is that? That's my cat. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, your bird story, what happened? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm going down. I forget the name of the avenue, but uh, in uh, heading downtown to Austin, and I just hit a pothole and went flying. And I was like, this oh, is no. why this is why I don't skateboard. This is why I don't ski. This is why I don't do anything. Because I'm going like six miles an hour on this thing. And I go flying. And I'm like, all right. So I, I A, vowed never to ride those things again. Um, <laughs> now, and I would, you know, that. And then, uh, and I'll never do any of that surfing at all, all that surfing I would do but not like kite surf not, nothing where I'm not on the ground and have control of my body you would do surfing in the ocean and you wouldn't do wake surfing in a lake that doesn't make any sense wake at all. surfing oh that's what you said I thought in my head yes. I thought it was like kite something on the kite oh no 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 yeah no, I, would do, I would do wake surfing like, I would okay, do wake okay. surfing yeah I, surfing tubing is the most tubing is the most fun that's more dangerous than wake surfing. Tube yes, because you get thrown off than... of it. Come 100%. on. You just fly you th three feet into the water. No, when you, no, when you fall on wake surfing, it's like, a, it's not like a hard, like slam into the water type of situation. You just let because go of the rope and then thrown. you right. Yes. On that sense. tube, you just get thrown off. You're like shoulders get pulled out of place. I mean, you, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. You but... make a very compelling argument. I think I now agree with you. <laughs> you have to try it. I will. Um, so where where can people find the stuff that you're working on best? I imagine mostly through social. Yeah, I would say for right now, follow my social. So <laughs> at R.A. Demita. So that's literally all my social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube um and yeah I'll have some announcements soon there's two tv shows that we're working on right now so keep your fingers crossed that those pan out because that would be really exciting for me um but yeah we're keeping it moving the pre-workout will probably be my my most recent announcement coming up so July be ready <laughs> very cool well thank you so much for doing this it's super fun yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it sorry my voice is a little raspy but again if you hadn't said anything <laughs> i wouldn't have noticed cool keep it that <laughs> way you can cut that part out <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody we'll see you next time peace